I was actually planning on being in Birmingham and needing something to be for the service today or last week. Wasn't sure which one. And that trip did not work out. But I'm like, this message is so amazing. I want you to turn your attention to the screen and we're going to watch Pastor Chris. I'm going to come up in the middle of it and interject at one little part and then we'll finish it out. But it's an amazing message. So please take good notes. For the ride, we're in week number four of a five-part series that's called All That Matters. And once a year, we kind of put the pause button on all of the messages and series that really are designed to help you and to build you and to pastor you. And we stop once in a while and we say, hey, let's talk about what God has created us to do as a church for others. And we like to kind of ramp that up right here in the middle of the holiday season because we actually believe that this is what not only our lives are all about, but it's also what our church is really all about, that we never built a church for church people. Can I get a better amen, everybody? That, that really that the church is, should be a, a, an institution, a group of people on mission, and that's what Jesus taught. In fact, the way we say it around here is that God has a spiritual journey for you, a very clearly defined spiritual journey that shows up in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And one of our passions is to help you identify where you are spiritually and help you and give you the tools and the programming to take the next steps. It's one of our passions. In fact, the way we say it is we say it in four simple little phrases. The first step of your spiritual journey is to know God. And I'm not talking about know him mentally, but to know him personally, know him relationally, that he's not... He is not some faceless God up in heaven. No, no, no. He's one who wants to live inside of you and make a difference in your life. He's very personal, dynamic, real, and powerful, can change your life. And we want you to know God. It's not about joining a church. It's about knowing God personally and intimately. And once you do, once you know him, you're going to experience his power. In fact, his presence will come live inside of you to allow you to live a life different than you could have lived on your own. And the first thing that he wants to do, this is the second step in the journey, is that once you know him, you can now find freedom. All of us have something that the enemy, and sometimes even ourselves, have done to ourselves to keep us from our best. So you're probably all thinking what that is right now. There's something in our lives that keep us from experiencing our best life or the life we know we could have lived. And we wondered if we'll ever get over it, if we'll ever get past that addiction, that habit, that sin, that what we believe that God wants us to find freedom. Know God, find freedom. And the primary way that we do that is in a group setting, in a setting called small groups. And we have actually more people attend our groups every Sunday, every week than people attend on a Sunday and powerful way to find freedom. But don't stop there. If you just did the first two things, all of Christianity would all be all about you. And all of Christianity is not all about us. It starts there. But really, the third step in that spiritual journey is what we call discover purpose. That God has put a spiritual gift, a plan, a purpose that every single one of you, now listen to this very carefully, every one of you are a specifically designed part of God's great design, his plan, that he has a place for you. And unfortunately, almost nine out of 10 Christians in America never discover what that is. It's just a tragedy that you live your whole life not knowing what your life is really all about to discover purpose so that you can do the ultimate. And this series really is about the ultimate step, the final step in the spiritual journey. And I'll put it on the screen here. And that is that the ultimate purpose of your life isn't to know God or to find freedom or even to discover your purpose, but it's to make a difference. To go live your life in a way, lay your head down at night, every night in a way thinking, 
I did something today that matters. I did something that made a difference in someone's life. In fact, the way we say it around here is we don't even do that as an act of obedience. We don't even do that just because the God we serve asked us to do it. We do it because we believe it's the only place where you can really find out what life is really all about and that God has hardwired you. He's already put inside of you the, 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 the feeling of gratitude every time you do something that matters, that you live what, what sociologists call a transcendent life. Here's how Mother Teresa said it. She said, a life not lived for others simply isn't a life. And for some of you, you've actually said this. My life stinks. I don't have much of a life. Or I don't like my life. It's probably because you're not focused, too much focus on ourselves, not enough focus on others. And I want to help you with that today. So once a year, we kind of gather around this theme and we do it intentionally during the holiday season. Because we think the holiday season actually affords us some of the greatest opportunities. A season that should be so happy and ho, ho, ho and exciting and family is <laughs> actually one of the worst seasons for most people. They say more people commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the previous 11 months combined. More hopelessness, more despair, and the way I like to think of it, more opportunity for the church to be light in the darkness. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? So one of the verses that we share in this season, I normally share it every single year, is a, is a, is a passage of scripture that was actually not even written to the church, it was written to the pastor of the church. So if you know much about your New Testament, a lot of it, almost two-thirds of the New Testament are letters called epistles, letters that the apostle Paul, an apostle, simply means he's a church planner. He didn't pastor them, he just started them. And he went all across that part of the world and started churches. That's what an apostle does. And oftentimes he would write letters that become now books of Bible, the Bible for us in the New Testament that he wrote either to the congregation. And you know it's written to the congregation if it had a city name like Colossians or Philippians or Ephesians. Those were actual cities written to those people. But every once in a while he wrote a letter or an epistle to the pastor of the church because he was mentoring these guys. And this one was named Timothy, who pastored a church and said, hey, Timothy, command your congregation. You know, the ones that are rich. And really, Paul implies that really all of us have something to give. We're, we're all rich in some kind of a way. And that was week one of this series. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in the wealth. So don't just think about the, that wealth in that kind of a way, which is so uncertain, but to put your hope in God who... Who richly provides us with these things, not just so you'll have to give them away. We don't actually teach that theology, that everything you have, you're supposed to give it away. No, no, no. Some of it's for your enjoyment, but but don't forget to command them in the middle of that to say the next two words. Command them to do. Come on, one more time, a little louder. Command them to. Command them. I, I talk to them about being being good deed doers. Command them to, to do good, to actually to be rich. Be rich, not just in your bank account, but be rich in the good deeds that you do and generous and willing to share. And watch this. This is so huge. And in this way, two things are going to happen. The first thing is you're going to lay up a, a, a heavenly bank account. You're going to lay up treasure for yourselves as a firm foundation. Notice not it's, well, not, it doesn't always add up here, but it always adds up there to this coming age. We'll actually end the series next week talking about that for this coming age so that they may take hold of the life. Second thing. That is truly life. Like Mother Teresa said, now this, this is living. I have found out what my life is all about. And that's why we, again, encourage you to and remind us that this is what Christianity really is all about. That church and Christianity wasn't a club for Christians to attend. That we are supposed to be a group of people on mission. And I know you know that. 
But I just want to remind us. In fact, when the Bible was written, no one knew that. In fact, in those days, compassion was considered as a sign of weakness. No no one ever served someone else. You were trying to get ahead of someone else. Even in religion, because the gods were so demanding of their day, they thought, well, my goodness, that's how we need to treat people. But then came along another God, the, the, the true and the living God, who gave himself for the whole world that they may experience eternal life. And, the, and Jesus came along and gave messages of, hey, serve and love and give and go the second mile. And actually, you can't even love God the Father without loving people too. You can't, they're inseparable. That, you, that, that, that this is what this, this new religion, this new Christianity is really all about. And we think it's really important for us to talk about. So that's why a lot of the, the texts of the New Testament, these books that were written, they're constantly talking about doing good deeds, being rich in good deeds. So I'll show you another one before we make this very, very practical. Uh, if you have been reading the one-year Bible, and if you don't know what that is, years ago, someone put together the Bible, they separated it, so to speak, into four daily readings, an Old Testament, a New Testament, a little bit of the Psalms, and just usually one proverb. And so that if you do it every day, you can actually look up the day of the week, whatever day it is. If you read those four little readings that take about 15, maybe 20 minutes, if you're a slow reader, about 15 or 20 minutes to read, in a year, you'd have read through the whole Bible. I've been doing that for my whole Christian life, 40 years now. I've been reading through the one-year Bible as my, my, usually as my daily devotions. And if you've been doing that right now, the New Testament reading is in a book called Titus, which is another, what we call in theology, a pastoral epistle or pastoral letter. All right? So, and so Paul's writing to another pastor that he's mentoring, who, by the way, was the pastor of a multi-site congregation. Somebody says, what's that new thing where y'all have multiple sites and all that? No, no, no. Titus had several congregations across this little island in the Mediterranean called Crete. If he'd have had a camera, he'd have go, hey, good morning, everybody, all across Crete. God bless you today. He'd have done that. But his cameraman didn't show up, so God bless. All right, so we're glad our guys did. But Titus, Paul's writing now to this guy because he's mentoring these guys, and now we get these letters as our holy scriptures. And he says, he says, Paul says, hey, there's this whole group of Christianity, quote unquote, that claim to know God, but they're not the real. And the reason why they're not real is they don't live it out. Their actions deny him. Now watch this. And he goes so far to say they're detestable and disobedient and they're actually unfit because they're not doing anything for others. He goes on in the second chapter, three little short chapters. You can read this whole book of the Bible. If you've ever wanted to read a whole book of the Bible, pick this one. You can do it in in about eight minutes. Okay, it's very short. Because in chapter two, he says, he says, and so Pastor Titus, here's what I want you to do. In everything, like lead your church in such a way where you're setting example. And there's that theme again, by doing what is good. And this was revolutionary teaching. And in chapter three, guess what he talks about? First verse, remind the people to live, do the same thing. To actually to be ready. And I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going I'm to I'm inspire you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to instruct you the best I can to make you ready to, to leave these walls and let the whole world know that, hey, Church of the Highlands is out of that building now. Here they come. And we're going to get out. Come on, somebody. Are y'all listening to me? We're going to get out there and do something good. So in verse 8, he thought he'd just say it again. So in verse 8, he says, I want you, in fact, I want, when you talk to the congregation, stress it impress upon them these things so that those who have been trusting God are careful actually to to devote themselves 
to doing what is good. He goes on to say that these things are excellent and profitable for the rest of the community. Of course they are. And he didn't stop there. In verse 14, he says it one more time. Our people, your people, hey, Titus, tell your people to learn how to do this, to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for the daily necessities and not be a bunch of unproductive Christians. No, no, no. Go out there and make a difference. So today, I am going to give you the simplest message I have ever preached in my life. In fact, I feel the need to even apologize for how simple, this is going to be so simple, you're going to think, Pastor, that is so, the reason why I'm doing it so simple is because it is so simple. I I had a lady come up to me not too long ago. She goes, Pastor, I like it when you go deep. And what she means by deep is confuse me. Let me leave here not knowing what you said. Now, (laughs) and actually, I think, what I think is deep is love your neighbor as yourself. I think that is about as deep as it gets personally. Um, And I can do deep, by the way. I had three semesters of Greek when I went to seminary. Like, I... I, I could dwindle this whole church down to a few deep people. I could do that. I, mean, I, really, I could really do that. In fact, but here's what I've learned, and that is that someone who is drowning doesn't want to know the Greek word for life raft. He wants you to throw him one. Like, don't explain it. Do it. So I can explain it. I can give you the Greek words, but I'm, I'm going to teach you how to, how to do that. All right, so because that's what I think Christianity really is all about. So we're going to do it in three questions and three answers. And here's the first one. This is so simple. I I apologize. I am so sorry. Okay. Here here it is. And that is, why? Why why should I do this? I know what you're thinking, because they need it. And you're right. And because the God we serve said to do it. And you're right. But I never wanted to lead a congregation and tell them to serve God out of obligation. I actually believe in obedience. And I think there... Obviously, there's a place for that in our, in our faith. But the cool thing about the God we serve doesn't just ask you to do it. He allows you to enjoy it at the same time. And I'm going to go so far, and I, want you, I need you to grab this. Would you lean in a little bit here? I want you to hear this. Because really, why do we do it? Because doing good is, it's like why you're alive. That once you become a Christian, this is your life. This is your calling. People ask me all the time, man, I'm just trying, I'm still seeking God's calling for my life. I really feel like God's got a big calling for my life. And they say it like it's a destination. It's an event. It's a, if I graduate from this, then one day I'll be able to do that. No, 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 no. Your, your destiny is today. It's, your destiny's on your row right now. Your destiny's at the restaurant you're getting ready to go to. Your, it's like it's all around you. Your destiny is just being a good deed doer for the people around you. This is your calling. Please, please, please don't make it any more difficult than that. Like you can leave here today and be as called to the ministry as I am standing on this stage. That this is why you're alive. This is the purpose of the church. And I'll show it to you in scripture. It says in Ephesians, for we are God's workmanship. And what that means is he took some time to specially craft you, to put certain motivations inside of you, to give every one of you a different ability a divine ability. The Bible calls it a spiritual gift. It means that when you do it, you're actually good at it. And you don't do it. You're not good at everything, but there's a few things that when you do it, yeah, it's like birds fly, fish swim. This works. This, this makes a lot of sense for me that, that I have this gift, this talent, this ability. I see the world a certain way. And listen to me, you're no accident. You are who you are 
because of God. God created you on purpose. I don't care what your mom and daddy said about how you showed up here. You are on purpose. Can I get a good amen, everybody? You really are. You are specially crafted. You are created to live. No, to do. To do good works which God actually had prepared in advance for you to do. In other words, he's not coming up with it like, hmm, there he is. I wonder what I can do with him. No, 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 no. He's always had this. He's always had this plan in your life. He said, Chris, is it really that simple? Yeah, Mother Teresa said it this way. You're simply the hands and feet of Jesus. We go out there and we just say, okay, Lord, what would you have me do with what I am able to do? And we're out there, we're just, we're just his workers. In 2 Corinthians, the Bible calls us his ambassadors. We just go out there, I'm just here, I'm just representing Jesus. I'm here to represent Jesus. He, he, you know, he's, he's up in heaven next to Heavenly Father, so I decided I'd show up in his name. I'm, I'm here to represent Jesus. We, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says we are his workers. We're just, we're just, we're just your own mission. And please, 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 don't make it any more difficult than that. This is God's destiny for your life. Have you ever seen the workers at a grocery store who sometimes set up a little card table uh, at the end of one of the rows, and they're offering samples. Come on, man, where y'all at? Give me an amen, yeah? So like, honey, you go on to aisle five, I'm gonna hang out and be in a small group right here with this lady right here. Like, we're gonna fellowship over some pita chips and crab dip. Can I get an amen? I just felt the anointing when I said that. I just, yeah. And, and what they do, what they do is, is that person's there to just, there's a, they're a worker at the grocery store to give you a sample, just a taste of something that you can buy. And really, that's what the church is. We're, we're just at the end of the aisle of life, at work, school, restaurants, places you're gonna go, and hey, got a little sample here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good in the hopes that they're, they're gonna buy. And we really believe that that's, it's just that simple. We just give the people around us just a little taste of the goodness of God that tomorrow when you show up at work, I mean, I'm just, we're going, just going to offer the love of God to people. We're just going to, we're going to offer the love of God wherever we go. We're just going to, we're going to give people the taste. This is your destiny. This is your mission. Let me give you a second question. I, again, I, I'm so sorry this is so simple. I'll get deeper next week, I promise, all right? But here's the second question, and that is where? So like, where do we do this? And what a lot of people incorrectly think is you do good things in good places. So like, I'm going to get to my church and I'm going to get on that dream. T- That's what you're doing, Pastor. I got you figured out. You're here today because this is step four of that growth track, and you're going to tell a bunch of us to get on the dream team and get on on the team and serve at the church, and that would be a good thing. I mean, I'm, I, 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 yeah, that'd be great. That's not what I'm saying, though. I'm saying it's time for the church to get out of the church, and all the holiness and love and compassion and smiles and all of that, hey, we got to bring that we got to bring that out into the office places and the schools and the places where it is so dark. In fact, good things happen, need to happen best in bad places. And in fact, where I want to encourage, this is so simple. Where do we do good? Just wherever you are. So in other words, if you're sitting on a row with other people, you do good there. And then if you go home, don't, don't let your compassion just be at soup kitchens and no, no, no. Do, like, do good deeds at home. And all the husbands and wives said, amen, there, right? Yeah, yeah, why not here? Why don't you do something nice here, sir? Yeah, do it here. <laughs> and then when you go to work or school tomorrow, am I going too fast? I see y'all might have time to write this down. Like, you do good there, too. Is that... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Bad pastor. I'm... That, was, that was sassy. I'm sorry. 
But I'm just saying, like, go to work tomorrow. In fact, leave a little home a little early and stop by Crippet Crane. Come on, somebody, right? I just I felt the anointing of God on those two those two hot glazed words. I mean, yeah. Shut, bring, come to the office. Good morning, everybody. And there's that 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 those that goodness that's in that box. I'm 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 intentionally making this simple to let you know. I want you to think of your life as I'm here, so God must want me to do good here. Like wherever I am, that's I'm gonna show it to you in the Bible. In Acts chapter three, you, you may have heard this story if you've read the New Testament much, but but maybe not heard the details that I want to point out. That one day, watch this. Peter and John were actually they were say the word out loud. They were they just going. They're just, they're. They're noticed that the good deed that they're getting ready to do is just happened as they were going somewhere. And they were actually going to the temp- temple at the time of prayer, which was at three o'clock in the afternoon. By the way, a prayer meeting that they would either not end up being at at all because of the event that's going to take place, or at least they'd be late for it. That the deed took precedent over the prayer. That God probably was more glorified in the deed they were getting ready to do than the place that they were intending to go. I want you to see that. And there was a man there who was lame from birth, being carried to the temple gate. And by the way, he had been there every day. And Christians had gone to church right past him. Are you hearing me today, church? We have, we've got to stop at, at the place called Beautiful to the, to the people along the way. And he was there begging for money. And so Peter said, look, I know you need some money, but I ain't got no money. Come on, somebody, right? I got silver or gold I do not have, but, I, but what I do have, I'll give you. And by the way, I'm not asking you to give people money. If you have it, help yourself. If God leads you, great. But there's a whole lot more to give someone than just money. But whatever you have. If you got arms, give them a hug. Got a face. Looking around, pretty much all of you got a face. Give them a smile. What I have, I give in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk. And he took the guy by the hand and he, and he just helped him. And I would encourage you to do that. I would, I'm trying to get you tuned in that this is why you live. You're not here to pay bills. You're not here to survive. You're not here to make money. No, no, no. You're here. Your destiny is doing good in Jesus' name and you just do it everywhere you are. And I just need you to get in tuned to it. And I love getting you tuned up to it in this season. In fact, the great Dr. Albert Schweitzer, the, 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 this great humanitarian who built hospitals all across Africa, he says, you got to keep your eyes open, not for the big things, but for the little tasks, because it's the little kind tasks that are important to Jesus. And the question is, why don't we? Why don't, why don't we see it? And here's my theory. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I, think, I don't think you're bad people if you don't. I just think you're probably going through life so fast you can't notice. I think hurry is the enemy of love. This past week, I, I was at a, a fundraiser for a missions organization in California. And flying home, it was a very clear day in the airplane. And um, on this American Airlines flight from Los Angeles to Dallas and Dallas um, to Birmingham. And, and, um, and I remember looking out the, the, the window. I knew I was over Texas because there ain't nothing there. And then all of a sudden, a little city shows up. You can just tell it's a city. It's all you can tell. And then in seconds, it's gone. 
You can't see the faces and you can't see the people, but you know they're down there, but you can't see them. Why? Because we're going really fast, really high, really far away. And I think sometimes life is like that. They're there. We're going too fast to be able to see them. And I need you, church, to leave this place and slow down a little bit. And, and, and perhaps even like when you're in a drive through line, just kind of look in that rear view mirror and maybe stare into the face of that person that's behind you and wonder, just imagine what their life must be like. And you'll never know, but guess. Look at, just imagine. I love to, somehow, I wonder what that person's life's like. I wonder what it's like to be them. Just looking, just imagining, and just ask the Lord, should you do something for that person? Slow down and just think about what people go through. And the Bible says that no one should be just looking at yourself, seeking your own good, but look at and seek the good of others. Are y'all hearing me today, church? I'm just trying to get your mission. This is your purpose. This is the why of Christianity. And this is the where, the where is everywhere you are. <laughs> That's where. Here's the last question. That is how. How do we do this? How do we do good? And this is one of the parts of Christianity that I would imagine some of you have not yet experienced. So you're a Christian, you're going to heaven, but you haven't really consciously tuned in to the fact that a part of God actually lives in you. So the Bible says that whenever you give your life to Jesus, God the Father, Jesus the Son are in heaven, but the Holy Spirit's here on this earth living inside of believers, And then when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, and he's there to give directions. He's there to give give promptings. He's there to give a little nudge, okay? You want me to he's there to kind of push you and warn you. And you can read about it. Jesus talked about it in three straight chapters, John 14, 15, 16, how he'll convict and guide and lead and talk and inspire and show and reveal. And Jesus used all these words that he's there. To lead you. And so how do we do good? This is, I can't wait to tell you this. It's so exciting that we do good however the spirit leads. I want you to lean in and just go places. And, and, and here's how I like to say it. Don't make it too spiritual and too fancy. Just say, hey, hey, spirit, spirit of God, is there anything here you'd like me to do? Is there any here, any, anybody here that you, like I could encourage? I like before I go to bed at night, I ask, I literally, I mean, I'm not trying to be spiritual. I just like, Lord, is there anybody maybe I should text real quick before I go to bed and just tell them I love them? Is there anybody today that probably could use an encouragement today and just send that? Like, it didn't cost me anything, but I'm, I'm just trying to listen to God. And I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me. This is the fun part of Christianity, that you're in tune with God and you're in divine appointments and you're living your life on mission. Can I just hear amen from eight people? Anybody? I'm just, the Bible says it this way in Romans. For we, for all of us who are led by the Spirit, these, those are the ones that are actually children of God. And, and, and what I want to do here is just show you some ways. I, I could give you 50. Let me give you five. Five ways that you can kind of practically live this out. And one of them I already mentioned, and this is really not the goal of the message, but it did conveniently show up today. And that is today is step four of the growth track. And if you're new to our church, we, only, we don't ask for your lifetime. We want four Sundays where you step into four classes that we call a growth track. And class one's our membership class. We'll tell you what it means to be a member here. Class two and three helps you discover your purpose so you kind of come alive with it. My goodness, now I know why I'm here and we'll help you through that. It's a fun part of it. So that you can go to step four where you actually pick a team, pick a place, whether it's the Dream Center or on a camera or on a guitar or in a children's church classroom or in a small group or setting up a cone in a parking lot, whatever it is, but because of your gifts, you find a place 
Or even church isn't all about you, it's all about others. You're living your life for others. And more than 23,000 of you, almost half of you, have gotten on what we call the dream team, and that's today, and your campus pastor will tell you more in a second. We're breaking right here, I just want to, he goes on to talk about some other stuff, and again, in the interest of time, I'm just breaking in here. And He's about to talk about the the... Um, acts of kindness cards and i didn't get them here for us for today but we will have them here next week and we have the opportunity to really push for next week and continuing on how we can really start making a difference now we're going to go back to pastor chris and the rest of this message please is that this is my main this is really the real reason and that is i want you to leave here today grabbing fistfuls of, well, you can't see that. That's too small, so I'll show you this one. All right, fistfuls of this card, all right? So put that in your... Anyway, so yeah, fistfuls of, of cards like this that just say, I'm going to do a little something extra for you because I want you to know how much God loves you. So if you get you some cryptic frames tomorrow, everybody throw a few of these little cards next to it. Why did the guy get up early and bring Krispy Kremes to put in the break room? Because God loves you. So do we at Highlands. We love you. We don't want anything from you. Just we want you to know that God loves you. And I'll tell you, I could tell you a hundred stories that people who've called our office and said, somebody at this drive-thru left, left, paid for my meal and I got this card and I was going home to commit suicide. And it saved, their $8 saved my life, to quote them exactly. Just to go through and just make a difference. We, we put on our website, on our app, 22 of what could be 220 ways to use these little cards so that we can do as they say in the world now. And I've actually entitled the message today, paying it forward. You pay it forward. You know what paying it forward, you know what that phrase actually means? Somebody did something for you. And so you do something for somebody and all you ask in return is for them to do it for somebody else. We're paying it forward. Church, come on. Let's go do it. Let's go, let's, let's go take what we have. Has anybody received anything from God? Is anybody blessed? Is anybody glad they're saved? Is anybody, are you grateful? All right. I love the way Eugene Peterson, who went to be with the Lord this week, the writer of the message paraphrase said it, you've been treated so generously, so go live that way. So I'm studying, as I do on Saturdays, um, and I really don't get on social media. I'll post a few things, but I don't browse there. My team actually manages my accounts. And, and um, so anyway, I just, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest with you. There's too much vile, crazy stuff in the world right now. And uh, I'm actually grieved by... And the world's gotten crazy, y'all. And the political arena and... And even outside of that arena, it's just people are mean. And it's dark. And it's opinionated and vile. And, and then yesterday, there was this senseless shooting in a Jewish synagogue in Pittsburgh. And I was just grieved by that. And, and, um, and I, don't, I rarely... I, I just... I'm, I, I rarely get on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. Just Maybe just to let you guys know of a few things. Post a few grand grandkids pictures from time to time and but I got on there yesterday to post something about just how grieved I was at that that shooting there and um 
And I noticed a pastor friend of mine posted a video. And this is a risk for me to even do this because um, I don't know this guy. And I might be kind of in some way promoting someone that's not that great of a guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. pop. I really, I'm not bragging. I just don't know pop culture at all. In fact, the team always says, Pastor, please don't mention anything in pop culture. You, you don't know. And like, I don't know. I really don't know. And um, so forgive me if I, I am inadvertently doing that. But it was this video of this, these, these two guys who pulled over to gas station because they overheard this lady could not pay her gas bill. She was digging like in the seats in the ashtray for pennies to pay for gas. And they pulled over. I got the, just watch this. Illegal, we comedians. But I saw you. My husband So she says in this video, my husband had died and we weren't like this. I don't even know how I got this condition. And for what I understand, this guy's a, a comedian and, um, and he was moved. And that's what the church needs to be known for. That we go around. I, I watched this and I just started sobbing in my office. And I thought, in the middle of all the darkness and the, the vile language and the hatred and the us versus them, may they be a group of people who show up on the scene of places like that and show the love Come on, church. Come on, church. It's time to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you would send us out on mission today. God, let us be tuned in to our destiny, to our place, and to people. And realize, God, this is our opportunity to show them who you really are. God, I pray as we be, even as we take fistfuls of these acts of kindness cards and we use them in places all across the city that we'll be able to give people a sample of the goodness of our God and that they'll want to buy, they'll want to know you and they'll want to experience you. So God, I pray, Father, you put us on mission today. Thank God for the gatherings. I'm grateful we had gatherings today. But may the church of the highlands the church of the living god leave this place and be more known for what we do outside than what we do inside heads bowed eyes are closed i'm gonna invite our campus pastors pastor blake come join me i'm gonna invite our campus pastors to the stage to lead the rest of the service but if you're here today at any one of our locations and you are far from god you say i can't give anything because i haven't received yet well It is my honor to offer you Jesus, who without asking you any questions, has died for your sins and cares about you. And all that he wants in return is the same thing he gave you. And that is he gave his life, you give your life. If you're prepared today to say, Chris, I need Jesus. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to join Jesus. Make him the Lord of your life. The Bible says if you call on his name, you will be saved. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. In one simple heartfelt prayer, you can say, I believe in Jesus. I make him my Lord, and today I give him my life. 
if you're carrying your sin, you feel the weight of your life, you know, you know you're not in the right place with God. At every one of our locations right now, we're going to pray for you. And if that's you, we want to pray for you right now. If that's you at every one of our locations, I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to call you down to the front. I just need to know if you need prayer. If you want to be included in this prayer at every one of our locations, I want you to lift your hand right now and say, count me in that prayer. I need Jesus. Come on, where are you at? Yep, yep. Anybody else? Count me in. I need God. I need God. Good, 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 good. Pastor Blake, come lead them through this moment. That's awesome. If you'll just stay right there in an attitude of prayer. Every one of you that just raised your hands just now in that moment. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart, you know that this is your time to take this step. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, right there where you are, can whisper it, you can say this out loud. I'm going to give you the words, but right there where you are, just say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. Right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Make me brand new person right now. Give me a fresh start, a blank page with my life. I surrender all. Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to give your life on the cross. You gave everything. And so today, my response is I give everything. And I thank you that from this moment forward, my life will never be the same again. Thank you for saving me and for changing my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, I told you we'd go a few minutes over, and we did, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. So if you prayed that prayer with them, I encourage you to take the next step and to finish filling out your connection card. And there's a place down here at the bottom for you to place to place your prayer requests, and we'd love for you to let us know. And those that are watching online, we want to be connected to you as well. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear what you want us to pray with you about and any decisions you made. You, Michael's already told you all the different ways you can do that. So as you finish doing that, Michael's going to come in just a moment and um, collect up all the connection cards and any tithes and offerings. And if anyone wants to jump into the legacy offering this week you can do it this week and next week we will not stop you you can do it all year long if you want to but this is just a time that we focus and turn our intentionality towards giving all right Lenore, would you mind taking up the the bucket and passing it around and bringing it up to me I look forward to next week. You're so funny. I look forward to next week's message and telling you about the legacy offering and where we're going, what we're doing. So if you'll stand to your feet with me, we're going to pray and be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you for all the connection cards, all the contacts we've had with people, all the prayer requests that have come in, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all the tithes and the offerings of your people that have come in this week, Lord, to support your work and your ministry and what you're doing. Lord, we just speak a blessing over all of those, Lord, and everything that your people are doing. Father, I just pray for this legacy offering. Lord, I just ask you that it's just outrageous. Lord, that we're able to bless the missionaries. We're able to get the things that we have extra, the special, special event things. Lord, that we're able to do those things. Lord, we're able to do so much more. Lord, I just have such a great expectation. Lord, I'm just asking you for a supernatural offering this week in the legacy offering. Father, we just give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.